Well, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for, um, well, I shouldn't say tuning in, but staying tuned and, staying tuned and finding yourself listening to Ideas Radio. And, um, you know, this is the fourth in the series of five closeout programs that we are having um, in the run-up to last year's election. And today, our topic is going to be the economy. And our guest, we're happy to welcome back to the program, Mr. Bismarck Rawani. Bismarck, good afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, Ayo. Thank you. Um, there's a volume challenge. It's not, it's not very. I can't hear you very clearly. Oh dear. Well, I should say that Bismarck is not only the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of Financial Derivatives, he's also an economist and a banker. And of course, as many of you will know, he was on the last President Buhari's um, Economic Advisory Council. Um, now, Bismarck, there's no doubt that we're going through some extremely difficult times in terms of the economy and our finances. So while we would love to know whether you think that the policies are the right ones and whether they're working, what we at Ideas Radio are really concerned with is the role of integrity, ethics and accountability in the administration's assertions that we have to go through these very difficult times in order to reach the sunlit uplands of economic stability. What do you say to that? Yes, Ayo, thank you very much and good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. Uh, unfortunately, you're not coming out very clearly, but I'll try my best to do what I can. I think I understand the question that uh, how did we get here and how much of integrity, um, integrity uh, and accountability and integrity would help in getting us out of where we are, if that's my understanding of the question. Go right ahead. Okay, so what I, my understanding is that we are, Nigeria has got to a point uh, where we have to come to terms with our reality. The reality is that we are a country with a high population. The reality is that we are a country with declining income. We are in, thirdly, we are a country where we seem to know what the problems are, but we seem to have varied ideas on how the solutions should be handled and in what sequence. And fourthly, we are a country where there's a crisis of false expectation and a crisis of confidence. Mm -hmm. So let's first of all analyze where are we. Where we are is very clear. We have high, high debt, high poverty, low productivity, and we have very high expectations. Two, that we think the solutions to our problems can happen instantaneously like a silver bullet. No, that is not correct. Once we have the Dangote refinery, once we have the modular refineries, once we, well, we, once we stop corruption with a stroke of the pen, or once we have price control, the problems come to an end. No, that is not true. The mm. truth is that there's hard work to be done, mental and intellectual work that has to be done. It has to be done at the highest level. It has to be tested, right? And that's where we are. But Bismarck, don't Two. you feel okay? Sorry, let me let me let you go through your full. True is the fact that we must understand that there are lags between when policies are made and when impact is felt, and that once people once there's no credibility by those who are making the policies, uh, I mean once there's no credibility and there's a trust deficit, it makes it the time lags even longer because people doubt it, and people rather than accept that we are going to equilibrium, they think that it's. It's a, it's, a, it's a speculator's paradise. You just go in and take advantage of it and that things will only deteriorate 
as we go along. Those are the key issues. So how do we overcome them? How do we overcome it? We overcome them basically, one, by coming clean to say this is the real situation. There's no point. There's a big difference between propaganda and analysis. Mm -hmm. So we have to come clean and we have to prove it empirically that this is the true extent of the problem and this is what we are doing to deal with it. Two, you are the team that has to manage it has to, has to be long in competence and long in character and ethics. But isn't Three. that... Um, okay. Yes, go ahead. I was going to say, isn't that really where the problem, problem lies? Because um, even, if the per even if the people there were in fact... Um, you know, shining, um, uh, clean, and with no questions at all, it would be a, it would be a hard ask for Nigerians. But the reality yes. is that everybody, we start off from a position that a they're politicians, therefore they are ipso facto corrupt, especially if they're not the ones that we um, voted for. And, and quite frankly, even if they are, we still think that they they are not perfect. And so when they are asking us to tighten our belts. And then we don't see them, we don't see any belts being tightened. At least it seems to us that we look at the budget and so we don't see the belts being tightened. And yet we are, and, and when you said that the policies take some time to have effect, we've all felt yeah. instantly the impact of the fall in the value of the Naira and the rise in the price of petrol. So we're kind of, um, you know, I, I wonder whether, as you say, there is a trust deficit. How do we... Um, get through it because, you know, as they always say, when you're going through hell, <laughs> the thing to do is to keep going. But many of us are talking about turning back. Okay. I think that you made, it, you made a statement to say the solution. There's no one solution. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is, is that even if these guys were shining in rambles of integrity and all of that, the question is how competent are they in understanding the extent of the rot? And how much confidence do people have in their capacity to do it? And what is being rewarded here? Is it the competence and integrity or is it the loyalty to political office? Those are the combination of things that you have to come out and reach out to people across the aisle and whatever it is mm -hmm. to see if that can be done. And I'm not saying that it's a pressing problem. It's, all, it's a combination of problems. And part of it, you cannot be living in splendor and ostentation mm. and living life as a way of attracting political opponents to come into the net, come, come, and, come and join us in this party. Mm. And at the same time, they are calling on the masses who actually who have the voters, who, are, who gave the mandate to make sacrifices. Mm. One. Two, that you think that palliatives our government expenditure will solve a problem when you've actually outlined the fact that investment-led strategy is the key thing. Mm. Once you have a crisis of confidence, yeah. then investor, 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 investment flows will reduce. What you're going to have is that everybody becomes tentative to see, one, whether you can stay the course, and two, whether you know what you're doing, and three, whether the people will believe you. Yeah. This is the problem, and it has to be understood, analyzed. And it has to be, the, the solutions have to be, one, by policies, two, by regulations and guidelines that are market-friendly rather than confusing, and three, that there has to be timelines as to, one, if mm. this is, if you do X, Y, Z, 
and it's not achieving itself, then we have to change course or make it better, right? Uh, you know, so yeah. you're having that major difficulty that people don't believe. People see what they are seeing is different from what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Three, that it, it, you know, you know when you go to a mechanic store and then the guy opens your car and say, oh, <laughs> it, it is a print pad. Then the next thing is, oh, it's a fan belt. Is this? Mm-hmm. The point comes and you say, please put my car back together because I, this mechanic doesn't know what he's doing. Uh-huh. That's the state we are in right now. Nobody seems to believe that we, the mechanics that are trying to solve the Nigerian car wreck know exactly what the problem is, whether it's, whether it's the uh, injector, whether it's the carburetor, whether it's brake pads, whether it's fan belt. Yeah. All we know is that they're taking out all these things and so uh, so Bima, I mean because when you talk about the um you know the issue of confidence not just of um the Nigerian people but in in the in, in the sense that we have to put up with the hardship but also foreign investors or even our local investors confidence and i I do find myself wondering because we talk the the government we were told very um, boldly that the um, fuel subsidy has gone. And um, yet we find somehow or the other that fuel subsidy seems to be still there one way or the other. We're seeing the same thing. Um, that's said to be what's affecting the supply of electricity. And as if the foreign exchange regime is now spreading its tentacles in, in, into everywhere. And, and I find myself asking, if, why doesn't the government come clean, as you say, come clean with us? Because it's as if they are trying to run with the hairs of satisfying the Nigerians with low or lower prices for goods or services like petrol and electricity. And at the same time, they're trying to hunt with the hounds of um, international economic policy wisdom that market prices must prevail and government should have no hand in things. And it seems to me that because there's an inherent contradiction there's inevitably going to be some deception, if I may call it lack of integrity, in how that matter is presented to the to the, the, the Nigerian people and to the world at large. Okay, let me come in here. You see, the whole idea was, first of all, when the president said subsidy was gone, I, I was the one in this country that said subsidy never went, it was reduced. Mm-hmm. But nobody has a problem with reducing the subsidy or whether it's gone, that's not the issue. You should have, if I reduce the subsidy by, say, 60%, right, I should be able to see a corresponding increase in the quality of other things that, that we deal with. Mm. What has happened is that, yes, subsidy was reduced, but all other indices deteriorated. Yeah. The, currencies, the, the currency exchange rates converged, not, not united, they were converged mm-hmm. somewhat, the, the gap. But we saw a deterioration in other things. So... It means that what you were doing was working on a partial equilibrium and, and basis, which you thought that because you moved one and two, all other things will move in the same direction. Mm-hmm. No. You see, you have a rent-seeking, influence-peddling uh, oligarchy, uh, extortionary mm-hmm. uh, economic system. You cannot overhaul one part and leave the others. You have to overhaul the entire package. And unfortunately, it comes at major political costs. And therefore... That, I think we are at that point where we are internalizing and there's sober reflection on what what are, what we are we and how do we get out of this quagmire. That's where we are. But I'm, I'm hopeful that 
now that we know that subsidies can be sequenced, well, now we know that okay. we have one very tiny difference between the parallel and the official rate. Mm -hmm. Now we now know that the custom duty rate is moving in a particular direction. Now we know that we don't know which which comes first, whether it's inflation or a weaker mm -hmm. currency, whether the weaker currency causes inflation or whether inflation causes a weaker currency. We have not been able to, to actually identify that. Now we know that no matter how many guidelines, and there is 13 in the last four days, mm -hmm. no matter how many guidelines, that if you do not create a supply supply chain for foreign exchange, in other words, yeah. a flow of foreign exchange supply, no matter how small it is, mm -hmm. where you have an auction system, where you're saying that, okay, on Monday we're going to auction $20 million. That's mm -hmm. all we have. Come and bid for it. On Tuesday we're going to auction $50 million. That's all we have. Mm -hmm. Bid for it. And when there's two, we buy dollars for the market, the center bank is bought on the buying side or the selling side. If you have that, then the, the proper price discovery and everybody plans. There's no point saying that Oh, you cannot buy PTA in cash. The yeah. truth is that if I do not buy my PTA in cash and I get there and the card fails, what am I going to do? Well, exactly. Right. So, you know, these are very, very wish, you know, very great ideas. But they're not, there's a big cash market in foreign exchange in this country. Mm. And we have to just increase the supply one way or the other. And, you mm -hmm. know, so I've, I've seen all the guidelines, they, they make a lot of sense. But they send a signal to the market that there might be a supply gap, gap. a supply shortage. Yeah. And what people perceive that the supply supply shortage is like putting blood before sharks. <laughs> That's what's happening. Everybody's the, going the, to be speculating. Spe speculator's paradise. Yeah. And the people who are, are really um, suffering... I mean, we as it was, it's long been said that the Nigerian people are very resilient. But we're coming to the point where, I mean, people laughed when the NLC president said that we might as well ask for one million naira as our um, minimum wage. But it was, a, it seemed to me that although he was, he was, he was being a bit kind of um, um, sarcastic, he was like expressing the frustration of people to say that it's as if you're not hearing us that this thing is hurting. Yes, I hear you. Uh, coincidentally, I was the chairman of the Minimum, minimum Wage Review Committee in uh, 2019. I know mm. the numbers at, in, mm. at the back of my head. The reality is that you can't. I mean, you cannot go into that negotiation with one million naira asking price when the current price is 30,000. No, no, I, I, think, I think he so, knows that no, but even, even Even in negotiation tactics, mm. You must come to the table with the, the, the certain amount of sanity is mm -hmm. assumed or presumed. So uh, you know you can't make requests that are not necessarily um, that will question this uh, mental stability of the people that are uh, negotiating. So, um, but again, it, it is a symptom of a crisis of confidence. That, that's exactly people, the people point. Do not, people do not believe that you believe what you are saying. And, and, and that you believe and you, that you will do what you are promised to do. So it goes back to the integrity, the accountability, and all of that mm. process. You must, you cannot be in the public space. You cannot be in the leadership space. You cannot be, and when I say leadership, I'm talking about leadership of unions, leadership of traditional rulers and all that. You cannot come there without credibility. You can't come there, you know, in, with, with questionable uh, pedigree. Indeed. Well, so that's, that's where we are. That's where we are, Bismarck. Thank you so much for being my guest on Ideas. Okay.
We, Thank um, you, Ayo, for having me. The, the economy is, I, I mean, as the, as the saying was, it's the economy, stupid, and we really need to see some um, ideas in that field.